Welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles, the podcast where we find unexpected connections across your favorite mixed media in entertainment, culture, and sports. We talk literature, music, dance even, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Kleinman, and this is my co-host, Mr. George Peyton Banks Gordon III. Take it away, George. Dave, I'm super excited because as much as I love having guests, I do love when it's just the three of us. Me, you, producer Mary Best, and we're going to be having one more round this week, which we're going to be talking about pro wrestlers and vegetables. But before we get to that, how are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. You know, hanging in there. There's always uh, funny things in the English language that like catch my eye. And one thing which uh, we'll talk about a little more later, but is the word uh, bi-weekly. <laughs> we were like discussing it a couple weeks ago, and it actually means both twice a week means twice a week and it means twice a month so it's very confusing (laughs) very confusing especially when you want to do things twice a month and not twice a week is bi-monthly not a phrase no bi-monthly is also a phrase and it means it it also i believe means the same twice a month or every other month oh all right fun very weird and uh, yeah, confusing. So that that was a little g- giggle I had to myself this week. What's going on with you, George? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm going to be seeing my first movie in over a year tonight. I'm seeing A Quiet Place 2 uh, with my buddy from college. Shout out to Elaine Dillingham, who's uh, never seen the never saw the first one. She's going to try to watch it. Whatever. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, and no, I think they'll be all right. But um, uh, I actually watched the first one this morning, so I'm looking forward to it. This wasn't the first time you saw it? No, I saw it. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. That'll be a fun movie to see in a theater. It's a good theater experience. Yeah. It's in my it's in my top five favorite theater experiences of all time. I hope uh you you scream you have some screams. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I don't it's like it's gonna be weird because like uh I was watching it this morning and I knew that one part was coming. And then I don't I don't like uh I just sort of just kind of put my head down and do this kind of number. Listeners, I'm just putting my hand over my face. <laughs> yeah. And of course, spoiler alert, when uh, Emily and Blunt's character steps on the nail and the sound that it makes, I just kind of just do this number because like injuries to fingers, hands, toes and feet just completely gross me out. (laughs) Did anyone else just immediately revert back to Home Alone when that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, the scenario is very different, uh, but uh, but oh, yeah, that's uh, that's hard to watch. Yeah, very different. But those wet bandits, like they take a lot of abuse. Just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they take a lot of abuse. I don't know if it's all necessary, but. <laughs> Just saying, the, the monsters from The Quiet Place are uh, the Kevin McAllister. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, Kevin McAllister is a monster. Hot take. <laughs> that's actually a great take. I don't think that's my, I'm I'm pretty sure I've heard that before. So. Oh, okay, so, okay. But uh <laughs> But yeah, he he is a monster. <laughs> yeah, they they forgot you twice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you say <laughs> we uh, we open this bar up for some bar talk, George? Absolutely. Today we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. All three of us watched the Edgar Wright's uh, Last Night in Soho teaser slash trailer. Bizarre sports injuries, injuries. Some of my favorite topics. That's things to talk about. Dave's as well. And uh, TV teasers. Uh, Top Chef, and uh, I just watched the Cobra Kai teaser today for season four. So we got a lot to get into. Up first, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. What did you think of the trailer? Man, it looks really cool. I've always liked him, but I I like kind of this like 
mature thriller kind of turn he's doing. And uh, this looks awesome. It's like partially a period piece, deals with time travel and Anna Taylor-Joy. You know, it's like a neo-noir mystery thriller. So yeah, like I'm all in. Love it. Producer Mary Beth, what'd you think? I am absolutely intrigued. I um, I didn't know a whole lot about Edgar Wright um, until I looked at this trailer and like looked into some of his other work. Um, what what else did he make? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Baby Driver and Baby Driver. Yes, yes. I, and I I remember Baby Driver. I don't want to say fondly because I feel like the movie is not like a fond memory or, or like a tender thing, but just because it's, it's so intense, but it's also, you know what? Strike that. I am going to go back uh, and say that it is, it is, I do have a fondness for it because I think that there's, there's some good heart in that movie, but also the soundtrack is one of my favorites. Um, so I, I am very much looking forward to seeing this film, not only because I enjoyed Baby Driver and I really liked the approach uh, to that, but because I, I mean, y'all know me, I love, I love something scary and beautiful. <laughs> and to me, it was scary and beautiful and all the best things. Totally. Well, Baby Driver also, like, it's super fun. Right. It is a super fun ride of a movie. And, you know, he started with, like, more silly, wild comedies like Shaun of the Dead mm. and Hot Fuzz, the Simon Pegg collaborations. And, like, you know, they did The World's End. And and uh, he did Scott Pilgrim, of course, which is a huge movie for George. Love that movie. It's so good. And, like, a big, you know, kind of a cult hit. It's probably one of his... Uh, lesser successful as far as box office goes but but like probably one of his most like widely beloved uh in the mm-hmm. internet age at least all right shout out to adam bolerich uh previous guest on the pod uh, i know we talked a little bit about scott pilgrim yeah yes yeah, this has one of my favorite lines in the history of uh cinema which is uh their first their first album is as good as their first album <laughs> that just cracks me up <laughs> yeah that thought that body of work is impressive Good. especially having you list them all and remembering like the sensation of watching all of those yeah i'm i'm very excited for this movie yeah and he's a real like for lack of a better word he, cinephile like he's a real student of cinema and like you see it in his work and uh yeah he's he he just builds a really rich uh tapestry so to speak jordan i know you're excited about it I am, yeah. I, I was like, inject this in my veins immediately. Put this on a plate so I can snort it right now. It looks, it looks awesome. And uh, but those actresses are, are really, really great. Uh, Thomason. Do you know it's funny? Like, uh, The Witch is a movie that I loved in the past like five years. Anna Taylor Joy played the character she plays in the movie is named Thomason. Oh. I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, Thomason McKenzie, like she's Thomason McKenzie. She's yeah. really becoming uh, somebody to watch. Twenty years old. Yeah, she, the she was in that movie with. Uh, Ben Foster, uh, without a trace. Mm-hmm. She was amazing in that. I think it was like her first, her big break. I like anything that takes place in, a, I guess, a time period that seems like a long time ago, but it's only like 50 years ago. And in the trailer, she was on her way to see a James Bond movie from like 67. Yeah. So I'm like, this looks like so much fun. Was it Thunderball? Yeah, I think yeah. Gonna, she's on the, on the way to see Thunderball, <laughs> which, is, which looks like fun. That looks like fun. Yeah, it looks it looks really cool and fun. What's, uh, what's next on SAP, George? We're going to be talking about bizarre sports injuries, some of my favorite things to talk about. There's a reason why we want to talk about this. So, uh, Dave, take it away. So, because Zach Lisak, who is a pitcher for Cleveland, 
just injured himself. He broke his thumb, apparently ripping off his jersey, like in the locker room, <laughs> which is a funny, uh, you know, it sucks for him, but also like just unbutton your jersey. Like it's not that hard. But yeah, there's a long line of funny, uh, weird sports injuries. George, why don't you uh, take it away and then I can add a couple. Well, my two favorites. Uh, I love whenever the athlete gets hurt at home. Dustin Johnson, uh, my favorite uh, pro golfer, not a really a fun interviewer, but just just a fun golfer. He slipped on the rug, <laughs> hurt his back, slipped on a rug. Yeah. John Wall uh, tore his Achilles. <laughs> also slipped on a rug. <laughs> <laughs> which leads me to believe is like, I too have slipped on a rug, which, but the way I slipped on <laughs> a rug is probably just the way they slipped on a rug, which is like getting really wrecked running and then trying to slide on said rug. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think to your point, I don't think they were just like walking and they were just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. 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 And everybody knows those two guys like the party. Yeah. One guy of the cocaine, the other guy of the Hennessy. So I was going to say, do we, do we think that a lot of pro athletes are, you know, in the, in the business of risky? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like everybody's just trying to like scoot across the floor. Or it's like um, like Edna Mode and The Incredibles. It's like that. That's like the stereotype. It's like no kicks. Right. So it's like any pro athlete is like no rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this character also is is uh, is very tiny and wonderful and and wears big round uh, black glasses. Mm-hmm. So. I that they all slipped in the, wearing the exact same outfit, which is underwear, socks, and a shirt. So <laughs> exactly. We're finding, we're finding the connections, guys. This exactly. Is, this, is this is the gig. This is what we're here for. There you go. Yeah, there are always the stories where you're like, oh, that might be, that's probably bullshit. You know, the official story. But there are some that that I looked up and also like stuck out from memory that uh, I, I wanted to mention. One is uh, a 35-year-old Sammy Sosa. I remember this very vividly because I thought it was bullshit at the time. But now being in my late 30s, I believe that it's possible, uh, which is he threw his back out sneezing. uh and it was like you know in chicago they make a big deal out of stupid bullshit like that so that was like news headlines like front page headline not even sports page like front page headlines probably for a week uh sammy sosa threw his back out uh sneezing so Mm -hmm. so yeah that's a funny one there's also it's this is like not funny but like also at the same time it's like kind of funny <laughs> and it's uh bill grammatica who was a field goal a place kicker for the sure yeah uh, him and his brother yeah martin of course but but bill is more is like mostly famous for when he was with the cardinals he kicked a field goal and he's like celebrating and jumping up and down and then he falls to the ground because he like mm-hmm. hyper extended his knee <laughs> and it's like like i said it's not funny but it's also like kind of funny it's also it's a field goal in the first quarter. Like he didn't right. win the game or anything. Like you just look like an asshole. If you injure yourself celebrating, which is a thing that has ha- happened many times. Yeah. There was that dude for the angels who, uh, who's like hit a walk off on injuries. Morales. Yeah, yeah. He jumped up and missed the pile. Oh no. And it was rough. He tore like, oh, it was so rough. So rough. Yeah. But like guys. Yeah. Come on. Like chill out. Um, but, uh, the only other one that I have written down here, which is another, uh, former cub and a childhood favorite of mine glenn allen hill which this is just a crazy fucking story and i i I, i'm gonna choose to believe it um he missed time because he had a very very severe case of arachnophobia and this arachnophobia led him to have nightmares about spiders 
that's what of course arachnophobia fear of spiders mm-hmm. um also a great movie with john goodman um very highly underrated anyway i'm not saying anything <laughs> yeah Listeners, I'm just yeah. nodding my head. Yes, <laughs> but he had a nightmare where he was running from spiders, and he slept, walked, and ran in his house through a fucking plate glass door. Plate glass, yeah, <laughs> and, and like suffered like a lot of injuries. You know, he he recovered, but but uh, yeah, how fucking crazy and terrifying is that? So uh, yeah, those are those are some some bizarre sports injuries, which honestly, like we could, I could talk about this shit for like. Oh yeah, no, I mean, write like, a book about this shit. We should play a game. Is like uh, happen while stoned or bizarre sports injury. <laughs> yeah, drop tub of ice cream on foot. Happen while stoned or bizarre sports injury. The answer is both because yeah. I think I did that stone and I think an athlete did that like twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, how do you throw your back out? Uh, in a sneeze just be like a close to 40 year old man yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think uh i think i may have thrown my back out while sneezing or i mean i've definitely come close so or like maybe like <laughs> ruptured an eardrum with a with a q-tip which i think oh, also no. happened in a <laughs> in a baseball dugout that's like a really common thing yeah yeah because yeah. apparently they're not meant for ears yeah <laughs> just i mean gent be gentle uh, <laughs> no you 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 we're not letting y'all out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's an appropriate response. What's uh, what's next on on Bar Talk, George? On tap. Lastly, we're going to talk about some TV teasers and what we're watching. And uh, you and I are both fans of the TV show Top Chef, and I feel like we were at the midway point, past like midway point. They just did Restaurant Wars, Wars, Restaurant Wars, 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 Wars. <laughs> Restaurant Wars. Say that five times fast. Last week, how do you think the season's going so far? I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's going it's uh, been an exciting season a lot of really cool interesting chefs um i kind of like you know they've done i think a pretty good job with the covid stuff although some of it seems like kind of silly and performative like when they're wearing masks and when they're not wearing masks but i know they're like living in a bubble and stuff but uh the restaurant wars that you mentioned was kind of cool because they did it as like a chef's table which is like Kind of like if I was on it on the show in the previous season would have been like, oh, that was so much easier than, you know, serving like hundreds of people in an actual service and shit. Mm -hmm. But they still like made it cool. Um, I was reading an article recently in The Athletic about Dawn, who I think is actually a dark horse to win potentially. I'm hoping she doesn't win. I like her. I can't root for somebody who also was something was great at something. Well, but else. that's what. I, but that. See, no, I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> she's she was an Olympic athlete. But here's. No, but I'm not rooting for that. All right. Well, let me let me. You get you get you get one corner. You get one lane. You stay in it. No. <laughs> I I know you don't believe that. I'm kidding, audience. Am I? I know you don't believe that. But no, I'll give you just my quick pitch for it because she was a a like a champion track and a long jumper, and her brother was like this like super uh well-known track star who was like a carl lewis contemporary like we don't know him more because he was uh competing in the time that carl lewis was and he you know he was dominating the sport tough spot yeah um but uh this guy had like you know had american records and olympic records and and all sorts of stuff but no the thing is she her her star was on the ascent and then she injured herself and she had to stop and then she taught herself to cook and became a chef like that's awesome you got a root for that man no no I, i'm actually seeking room for, for, for dawn i'm pulling for shoda and i like gabe um but this the, the thing that sticks in my mind about this season maybe more so than 
maybe other seasons because a lot of these guys are all in the same boat due to COVID. I liked how pleasant everybody is and how much they're like helping each other out. Yeah. I was like, and when somebody leaves, it's like emotional with the side, aside from like the one guy who was like fully going on for like the heel chef, even he was actually kind of on the nicer side. So like, and that's the, that's a different, it makes for a different TV show because like there aren't any villains, just a bunch of like heroes. So I, I would be surprised and happy if anybody wanted, uh, so whoever wins it, I'm just going to be like, well, I'm, I'm kind of glad that person won it. Even though I'm actually kind of pulling sneaky on the low for Shota. I, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I like so many of the contestants this year. And and also, like, what you just said, it represents, like, the best thing about the restaurant industry, which is, like, the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, between, between coworkers and, and employees, but also with customers and, and everything like that, when you get those special moments of like people working together and like mm-hmm. self acting selflessly and like for, you know, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's like everybody's story is, uh, is very, is, is they're all still, all the stories are very similar. So, so far the season has been great. It's been great. I also like Shoda and just one more of a person who is kind of on the rise. I like Byron a lot. I think he has a good chance to potentially do something. Byron's good. Also, like they worked at Burger King. So shout out to Burger King. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome story. Like people that started from you know the very bottom and are now on the on a huge stage. It's awesome. Gotta love that. All right. The last teaser I watched, which is a little bit in the pod, was uh the teaser for Cobra Kai season four came out today. And uh the big bad is Terry Silver. For all the people who don't know, he was the bad guy from Karate Kid 3, and I can't wait. So <laughs> I don't need to watch it because I get a lot of joy and excitement of seeing you get excited about it and talk about it. So that's like enough for me. Um, there's a couple, the couple quick TV things that I haven't watched yet, but saw trailers for them and excited for it is uh, Shrill season three just came out. The AD Bryant show. I don't know if you've watched uh, the first couple of seasons. Mm. It's very good. I like it. I think it's really funny and, and uh, well done. And then uh, shout out to former guest on the pod, Clark Jones. The show that he wrote for, Run the World, is out by the same woman who did Living Single. Mm-hmm. I watched the trailer for that. It looked, looked really good. I should watch that. I actually have stars. So maybe I will watch that. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, Lee Davenport is her name. The writer and producer of Living Single and Run the World. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that'll do it for Bar Talk, George. We are uh, tapped out. We're all tapped out. Sweet. Let's get into this week's game, wrestlers and vegetables. Yes. Every week on Know Your Roles, we take two things that seem to have nothing in common. We find ways to connect them. And this week, oh, man, we got a doozy for you guys. We're talking about pro wrestlers and vegetables. Dave, I know you're a fan of one and kind of meh on the other, so I'm going to let you start it off. Uh, who's, your, who's your first pro wrestler and who's your first vegetable? I would say, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of vegetables. I, I have gone... I have gone in different ways as far as like wrestling fandom. I certainly was a fan of it at different stages uh, of childhood and, and like adolescence. I haven't watched a lot in the past, you know, decade or so, but uh, this was fun. This was fun looking, uh, looking some stuff up and also some nostalgia. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with a wrestler who had a very short run, a short run. And this wrestler did a lot of other things in their life. But for for a very short period of time, they were a dominant wrestler, and that is Ronda Rousey. 
Ronda Rousey, who came from like MMA and and you know these other areas, and she was a WWE champion for like a year, and she was a WWE star. She had the name that uh, was given to her by Rowdy Rowdy Piper, so she was Rowdy Ronda Rousey, <laughs> which is uh, talk about saying something five times fast. But like I said, so she was kind of like very fleeting in the WWE, at least in the, her wrestling career, which is why as a vegetable, she is ramps ramps it's like a season that lasts like two weeks and every chef chef in new york city wants to get their hands on ramps because it's on every fucking menu everywhere uh they're of course in the in the onion and like allium family um and they're delicious but like i said they're only good for like two weeks you got to get them get them and make them while you can so ronda rousey is ramps okay (laughs) george uh, my first one is a combo. It's uh, my first four wrestlers are the Rockers, which are Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, which were a tag team in the '80s. Now, one half of this tag team I'm, is meh. That's Marty Jannetty. Not never was a huge fan. Even when they were a tag team, I was kind of like, but the other one is like a star. Hit you with the drop kick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other <laughs> one is like a star. They did the heavy lifting in this tag team and that's Shawn Michaels and which is why Shawn Michaels is people consider him one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But when people don't know, it's like he spent like seven years as a tag team guy. So uh, the comparison I have with him is uh, one vegetable that I think is meh. And the other one, which is a thing is a star, which is peas and carrots. Cause I think peas are nasty <laughs> and carrots are awesome, but together they're pretty good because Karis does a heavy lifting. So Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the rockers are the peas and carrots of vegetables. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing about Marty Jannetty is the action Bronson song that he, that he shots him out. Yeah, pretty much. He's starting to do a rough hang these past yeah. few years. Yeah. Um, all right. My next wrestler is somebody, like I said, my wrestling fandom was a lot, was mostly, uh, from childhood but this is someone who is still fucking wrestling and i think they have taken like periods off but this guy started wrestling in 1987 and is still doing it and of course that is the undertaker who i was today years old when i learned that his real name is mark william calloway mm-hmm. uh, which the three name that like that sounds like a Sounds like a serial killer to me, Mark William Calloway. But uh, The Undertaker, he's fucking been around forever. He's got the super dark and brooding aesthetic, and he'll never go out of style. People will always remember The Undertaker. That's why as a vegetable, he is, I'm cheating a little bit and making this kind of a vegetable dish, but it's charred carrots. He's charred carrots because, again, he's got that dark, burnt exterior um dresses in all black wears the black hat has a long black hair and uh yeah carrots around for everywhere they're they're on every menu and they will never go out of go out of style charred carrots with like some kind of a nut butter and like some hit of acid (laughs) so uh yeah the undertaker is charred carrots george so the theme of my next one is versatility and uh, my next wrestler I mean, that's just going to be talking about him as a, as a wrestler who's now in movies. And just to name the movies that he's been in, Blade Runner 2049, 
He's in uh, both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Of course, he's in the, the crossover movies from the MCU. He's also going to be in the new Dune and uh, the Army of the Dead, which came out last week, which is fantastic. And um, uh, there's another movie that I can't remember. He's in. It, anyway, it's like he's in a lot of different kinds of movies, whether it's comedies, the Stuber, whether it's serious roles in Blade Runner 2049. He's also he was also in the the last. Uh, he's in Spectre, the the James Bond film, and uh, just like. Uh, this vegetable I'm going to compare it to, just like, uh, which is also versatile. I'm talking about Dave Batista, who was a wrestling champion in WWE. And a vegetable I'm going to compare it to is broccoli. Because just like Dave, is also very versatile because you could blanch it. You can saute it. You can roast it. And hell, you can even throw broccoli on the grill. So Dave Batista is versatile just like broccoli is. Dave. Nice. Um, yeah, he, I, I think he's a good actor just like yeah he's good he's really good saying a lot for like you know yeah he's really yeah, he's really he's good. good he's good all right i'm gonna continue that line and this one is my uh my one that like i don't like it but everybody else does <laughs> um and uh um to me and the wrestler i'm gonna talk about is hulk hogan it's fucking hulk hogan and to me he's uh sometimes offensive but mostly boring for to me and he's like the face you know the classic face but as a kid there were definitely some moments where i liked hulk hogan as a little kid and like mr mom and shit but uh yeah especially learning more about him as i got older not a huge fan of hulk hogan but again he's never going away ever (laughs) that's why as a vegetable hulk hogan is broccoli because it's a thing that everyone loves. People love broccoli. It's never going away. Not for me. Don't like it. Not a broccoli fan. However, if you batter it and fry it and fucking cover it in a sauce or some shit, I will eat it and I'll enjoy it. So like, you know, there's some moments, but overall, not for me. Hulk Hogan and broccoli. <laughs> George. I was going to talk about this uh with this 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 wrestler, but seeing that you did, and I feel like uh, I'll go ahead and throw a throw a little bit on the same corner because I'm gonna compare it to a, a different vegetable. I'm gonna talk about Hogan for a second too. This vegetable in small doses, I'm sure is fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, not for me, but some people think garlic is great. So Hulk Hogan to me is garlic. <laughs> uh, like uh, I don't need it, and if I never had to see it again, I would be fine with it. So Hogan Hogan is garlic garlic. <laughs> and uh i just want to state for the record uh anyone including the people in my own house uh don't at us if we're getting vegetables confused with other things because i i didn't uh cross-reference any of mine because <laughs> i know hillary is like usually usually whenever anyone's like this is a fruit or vegetable she's like uh that's not a vegetable garlic um, isn't a vegetable uh i don't know what it is it might be a root <laughs> and oddly enough is a vegetable i looked it up <laughs> uh, right. cool awesome so we're covered um i i'm sorry i ever doubted you george yeah no i looked it up it's like uh I, I, there's there's some research <laughs> yeah. over here all right um no that was just a can of worms i didn't want to open like as far, that's why i didn't start <laughs> researching that stuff but uh all right my next one is uh i'm going with kind of a cousin like uh there's going to be another cousin coming up as well but this one is or let's say a different version of something I just talked about, which like a different version of the face and the one that took over after Hulk Hogan was someone that I loved as a kid, but I couldn't tell you why. And looking him up, 
I still can't tell you why. And I can't tell you why that anyone liked him, but people did. And that's Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. People loved Ultimate Warrior, including myself. But if I, like when I looked him up, literally articles written about him are like, not a lot of wrestling talent, not a lot of charisma, (laughs) but for some inexplicable reason, he was insanely popular. Maybe it was like, you know, he was drafting off the Hulkamania or, or whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I liked him for whatever reason, which is why as of, as a vegetable, especially compared to Hulk Hogan as broccoli, which I did not like ultimate warrior is broccoli Rob or broccolini, which I actually quite enjoy. Um, but again, it's not something that has like a strong, it's, it's kind of an afterthought in a lot of dishes and like you blanch it and saute it and like, then it has like a little bit of bitterness and you add some acid maybe, but like doesn't have a lot going on. And, uh, again, ultimate warrior. Not not a lot going on. Not a great wrestler. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. All right, George. He believed the gimmick too, which is even worse. Yeah. Um, but why did people like? Why did people like him? They did. Um, uh, he was like he. <laughs> he just he was he had a unique look though. Yeah. You run to the ring and shake the ropes. Yeah, no, he, was, he, was, he stunk. There is a <laughs> uh, Annie biography about. Or is it Annie biography or Dark Side of the Ring? This about that comes out about him next week, so you have to tune into that. Oh shit! But my next wrestler is a current wrestler, the EST herself, the strongest, the prettiest, and the baddest. I'm talking about Bianca Belair now. Before Bianca Belair was a wrestler, she was a track star in the South at three different colleges: Texas A&M, University of Tennessee, and University of South Carolina. Shout out to the Gamecocks. The wrestler that I wanted to compare it to, like to me. It only exists like the and me growing up in the South in Virginia and living in Tennessee. And uh, I throw some fat bat in there, little ham hocks, you know. But the, the cool thing about this vegetable is like it's actually been around for 2000 years in uh, various forms. And I'm going to compare Bianca Belair to collards because collards are pretty dope. And so is Bianca Belair. Shout out to Knoxville, Tennessee. All right. Dave. So my last wrestler is I'm also talking about a current wrestler, which, like I said, I had to do a little bit of research for this because I I don't watch a lot of uh, current wrestling. But this is someone who I wanted to talk about because, first of all, shout out to uh, the uh, the uh, Horowitz family, uh, like grab bag at the holidays, because I have a uh, I have a Sasha Banks um figurine somewhere in this room um that i got it like you know a, one of those white elephant giveaways or whatever they call it uh yeah so i'm going to talk about sasha banks <laughs> and uh she is someone who like i said i don't watch a lot but really you only have to watch like a couple of minutes of highlights to know that she has a ton of charisma and she's super exciting and she makes a hell of an entrance there's like whole highlight reels of just her entering. She's insanely popular right now. She's like one of the, the, the most popular people in the WWE and she's holds belts titles and, and everything, but as good and popular as she is, she has a cousin who she'll never be as popular or successful as, and that is Snoop Dogg. She's Snoop Dogg's cousin, um, which I also thought was cool, which is why as a vegetable, she is Romanesco cauliflower, 
Romanesco cauliflower, which is this crazy type of cauliflower that has like the Fibonacci sequence in it. Like, like, uh, it's got repeating patterns and it, it comes in like a spiral and shit. And like I said, talk about making an entrance. Like when you see it, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's super crazy. Uh, but again, it'll never be as popular as its cousin cauliflower. But, uh, <laughs> still tastes, you know, similar. So Romanesco cauliflower, Shasha Banks. I love how specific you were with that. <laughs> Romanesco, dude, it's crazy. If you try getting stoned and going to the farmer's market and just like stare at the Romanesco, it's it, you'll have a you'll have a good time. I don't leave these four walls when I get stoned, listeners. So. <laughs> uh, I'll just do this one real quick because uh, I am the wrestling fan of, of this group, so I should talk about uh, my favorite wrestler of all time, the goat, the greatest of all time, the fifteen-time world champion. Styling and profiling, Mr. Ric Flair, the nature boy. And I figure if I'm going to compare uh, my favorite wrestler to a, a vegetable, I should compare it to my favorite vegetable, which is spinach. Spinach holds it down, just like Ric Flair does. So Ric Flair is a spinach of the vegetable community. Woo. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Some awesome. All right. Well, Mary Bess, producer Mary Bess, I know that you had some uh, some thoughts about this topic. Do you have any uh, options to share? I just have a couple uh, because I my knowledge of pro wrestling doesn't go very deep. Um, a lot of it definitely just comes from my childhood and you know wrestlers who appeared in movies, as you touched on earlier, um, especially in the '90s. So I know we've already talked talked about uh, Hulk Hogan. A little bit, but he is definitely he's definitely one of the most famous wrestlers, I think. I think most anyone knows who he is or at least sees yellow and orange when they think about him. And they're like, I don't know why. The color scheme is vivid. It's there. <laughs> um, so if we're talking about someone like Hulk Hogan, he's he's classic. He's the quintessential. He's crunchy. He's, uh, he's pretty good. Uh, sometimes you're not in the mood for it, but you know, it's, it's usually, it's usually pretty good. Um, so Hulk Hogan for me is the broccoli and melted cheese of vegetable dishes. Broccoli. I think we've, de- we've, we've asserted that fact. It is now a fact that Hulk Hogan is the broccoli of vegetables as we've all agreed in some form or another, whether you like broccoli or not, he's the broccoli. I mean, come on. But I choose to add the cheese because my God, the cheese, there's, there's plenty of cheese all just all over most of these folk. <laughs> that's, that's the charm of pro wrestling and the, and the cheesiness that comes with a lot of that. Um, and then the other person that I had in mind, um, as I've mentioned off the pod to to my friends here, um, is Randy Macho Man Savage, who I honestly didn't know much about um, as a wrestler outside of his appearance in uh, one of the Spider-Man films uh, opposite Toby Wa- Toby McGuire, uh, where he plays Bone Soul, uh, <laughs> and that's one of my favorite. <laughs> favorite things I, I i have been known to uh to respond to are you ready mary Bess?" with bone size ready uh, and that's uh that's just something it's just a little insight listeners if you don't know me personally <laughs> you're getting to know all of us every time we're on this podcast we're bringing you in we're showing you 
showing you the, the folks behind the curtains here. So Randy Macho Man Savage, I could say he's the Slim Jim of vegetables because no one really knows if Slim Jim is a vegetable or mineral or actually edible. Um, most of the time, not any of those things. No. Um, <laughs> but Slim Jim, you know, they're they're chewy. They're, you know, they're kind of problematic. They're not always easily digestible. Um as a lot of the, especially I think like nineties and like early era, like super hyper masculine, like wrestlers. Like, I think we've, at least in the grand scheme, I think wrestlers have, have branched out a little bit in like in the silly and the, you know, we, it, it seems to be, you know, as, as is the case with most forms of media that we imbibe, we are, I think most of us are are actively pushing against toxic masculinity and pushing towards diversity and like, embracing all kinds of wonderful expression but needless to say if slim jim is not an accurate representation i'm gonna go with mushrooms because mushrooms i like on some things but most of the time i just find them chewy and like difficult to eat and not very pleasant (laughs) um but there's there's still a certain um there's still a certain appeal there's still a certain uh, there's still a certain wonder and, and appreciation there. So those are the two offerings I have for you on today's one more round, Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage. The broccoli and Slim Jim slash mushrooms of the vegetable world. I love mushrooms, but they are a fungus. So so that fits with uh, <laughs> with Macho Man. <laughs> I kind of now I just want a pro wrestler that's like a fungus. Yeah. There's a fungus among us. Coming soon. I'm sure that was a gimmick that was probably yeah. pitched. Yeah. It's probably happened. Yeah. Yeah. And if it does, then someone owes me copyright. Oh yeah. After 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 the release of the episode, yeah. we're gonna have to keep our ears to the ground, fellas. Yeah. Just in case. All right. Well, I think uh that'll do it for our game comparing uh, wrestlers to vegetables. <laughs> that was fun. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to go ahead and round out this show with last call where we chat about what we're looking forward to and give uh, some things coming up. George, what's uh, what do you got going on? Two things quickly. Uh, of course, the NBA playoffs. I'm definitely going to be paying attention to the, the Clippers and Mavericks. Uh, I believe at Dallas where they play, they're going to be playing. They're going to be, uh, it's going to be full capacity. So, you know, that place is going to be rocking. And then the other series I'm really going to be paying attention to, which is Memphis and Utah. A shout out to my friends, uh, Jennifer Bradford and her husband, Chris Burnham, who are going to be at the Grindhouse this weekend for the game. So uh, I look forward to hearing all the stuff from them. They're like my two friends from uh, in Memphis that I speak to about Memphis Grizzlies games. So be looking forward to those, those two games and those two series. And of course, the final episode of Mayor of Easttown the show that I've been hate watching due to the fact that I'm obsessed with the Delco accent. So what a rolling rocks and yeelings for everybody. The final episode of Mayor of East Town, which I, which I think is kind of a big <laughs> Dave, What about you? Um, well, I only have one thing. I mean, in addition to playoff basketball, which I I'm watching, watching a little bit of hoping that uh, the fucking fans can get their act together. Those, the whole, you know, you mentioned Dallas going to be at full capacity. Hopefully, the percentage of assholes is not uh, that high because we've seen already some some shitty uh, occurrences. You know, as soon as the fans were allowed back in the stands. But uh, anyway, 
I am looking forward to really one thing, which is a new Netflix show, which uh, just dropped actually. Um, it's called High on the Hog. And the subtitle is How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. And it's like a cooking show, um, but also like a history show about African-American cooking. And it's uh, based on the book by uh, Dr. Jessica Harris, who is actually the woman that was featured on uh, the first issue of the For the Culture food magazine, um, which focuses on women chefs of color, uh, that I, I plugged a couple months back. And yeah, High on the Hog, it looks really fucking good. Like, uh, you know, some people from like the Gullah tradition are, are in it, uh, Chef BJ Dennis. And it just looks, it looks really interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to watch that. High on the Hog. All right, now we're gonna go ahead and check in with producer Mary Bess for MB's Booth. Mary Bess, what do you got? Hey, guys. So I have a few pieces of news I want to share today. Uh, firstly, there's exciting news out of France as the Louvre will soon have its first female leader in 228 years. Sorry, I, I just want to emphasize 228 years. Um, Lawrence Descartes, the current head of the Musée d'Orsay and the much smaller Musée de l'Orangerie, a specialist in 19th and early 20th century painting who was also descended from a French noble family of writers, was appointed on Wednesday and will take her place as president of the world-renowned institution on September 1st. Her plans include extending the Louvre's opening hours into the evening to attract younger visitors, expanding cultural collaborations with contemporary artists and organizing more exchanges with writers, musicians, dancers, filmmakers, and designers, as well as doing joint exhibitions with other French museums, breaking down chronological barriers and expanding international partnerships. It's exciting stuff. Um, when asked what it means to be a woman running the most visited and largest museum in the world, she replied, quote, things are really changing for women in the museum world. Of the 70 curators in the Louvre, more than half of them are women. More women are heading museums, especially in Europe, and younger women are much more confident these days, end quote. And thank goodness. Here's to more women, trans and non-binary folk in positions of power, especially in the world's cultural and creative spheres. Additionally, I do want to give a nod to celebrated author Eric Carle, who passed away Sunday at the age of 91. Known for his 1969 children's book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, Mr. Carle's honors include the Laura Ingalls Wilder Award, the Regina Medal in 1999, the NEA Foundation Award for Outstanding Service to Public Education in 2007, and the Original Art Lifetime Achievement Award from the Society of Illustrators in 2010. He will be greatly, greatly missed. Um, I can certainly say Mr. Carl had an effect on me as this was one of my favorite books growing up. And if you can, please consider supporting a children's literacy charity like the Children's Literacy Initiative, Books for Africa, and many others. And I'd also like to take a moment to plug my aunt Deborah Friedman's new book, Is Was, released this month. She's not only a wonderful woman whom I adore, but she is an incredible talent 
whose books are already beloved by many, many children and their families. So check her out and please support children's literacy organizations. Awesome. Thank you so much for all that. Um, yeah, Eric Carl was definitely a, a big, uh, big one for, for me. And, and I think a lot of people in that generation and, and other generations, very, very beautiful uh, illustrations. All right, George, why don't you give us a little preview of the next show? Give the people something to be excited about. Absolutely, Dave. We're going to be moving to twice a month. We've tried to figure out whether it's bi-monthly or bi-weekly, but we'll be figuring that out. Our next episode is going to be Friday, June 11th, and we'll be having award-winning director producer, editor, and uh, one of my old co-workers at the post-production house we both used to work at, Emily Branham. And we'll be talking about her new film, Being BB, which is going to be premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival. So keep an eye on our Instagram and Twitter at KYIRpod for updates, announcements, and bonus content. All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. I just want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you to George. Thank you to producer Mary Bess. Thank you to the team that did our theme song, Alan Tech Kid, Nate88, and Kazo Oslo. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Know Your Roles wherever you get your podcasts. And again, be safe and be healthy. And as always, if you're not vaccinated or if you are vaccinated, how about we just keep wearing masks over your fucking nose? Thank you. Especially if you're not vaccinated. Especially if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah.